Good morning, good morning, Rabotai. Welcome to Breakfast on the Class. Breakfast on the Class today is sponsored in loving memory of Beatrice D. Fonseca Lea Shalom. Lilu Nishma Beatrice Bat Miriam Sumburero. Uh, sponsored by her son, her son Moshe Israeli. Breakfast in the Class is dedicated as well uh, in loving memory and Lilu Nishma of Yitzhak Ben Miriam and Shilomo Ben Rivka, sponsored by Albert Nahmayas. As well, uh, the week of cold brew is dedicated loving memory of Sami Syed. Lilun Ishmat Shilomo Ben Rivka, sponsored by his son Isaac Syed. <clears throat> Rabotai, the Pasuk tells us a very interesting line in this week's parasha that we actually have in our prayers. Right? Remember that? We say it in the, in the tefillah. Those words literally mean, and it was when the Aaron would travel, Vayomer Moshe, and Moshe would say, Kuma Amonai, stand up, O God, rise up, if you will, Vayafusu Oyvecha, and your enemies should be dispersed, Vayanusu Misanecha Mipanecha, and those who hate you should run from before you. So the Aaron, which was actually taken out into battle back in the day, Okay, if you remember the story of Elia Kohen, where they came back to him and they told him, Aaron, Hashem, the, the Ark of the Covenant has been captured by the Pilishtim. And Elia Kohen, the Kohen Gadol, was so distraught, he threw himself back on his chair in, in fear and shock and anger, smacked his head, he passed away from a moment of extreme uh, uh, sadness that the Aaron HaKodesh was captured by the Pilishtim. It's fascinating actually what, ha- what happened in the aftermath of that. People really should learn Navi. There's so much, so much in the Navi that people just don't know. And the Aaron actually, in the place of the Pilishtim, they tried to, they didn't know what to do with it. Everywhere they went, it would cause havoc because it was, uh, it was the, it's the holiest object in the Jewish, uh, in the Jewish uh, you know, religion. It has the Luchot in there, the Sefer Torah that Moshe Rabbeinu wrote. According to some opinions, this is in Aman, lots of different things in there, but the holiest objects of Jewish history. So anywhere they put it, it wasn't holy enough. And it, the buildings would fall, and the people would get sick, and there'd be a plague that broke out in the city. And every city kept moving it from one place to the next. Even to the point, by the way, where the Jewish people brought it back, and what happened in the city called Peres Oza, right? There was, it was traveling back, and they had it on a wagon with... Uh, with uh, being pulled by uh, the, the oxen, the Pilishtim didn't want it anymore. So they stuck it on a wagon and they just said, go. They did, they did. So this great you know, spoil of war is slowly making its way back alone to Jerusalem. The oxen are just walking by themselves. The people see what's happening. They all start gathering around. And in there, there's a crazy story where Uzzah saw that the, the wagon slipped. It looked like the Aaron was going to fall. So out of concern that it would fall, he reached out, he grabbed the Aaron, and in a, mo- in a moment of divine justice, HaKadosh Baruch Hu struck down Uzzah, Uzzah was killed for showing disrespect, for touching the Aaron, and as well for thinking that the Aaron would fall, when meanwhile we know that the Aaron would carry those that carried it. Fascinating. And David was very upset. Most people say that David was very angry. But our rabbis tell us that there's two different indications in the words which teach us whether, God, whether someone was angry or upset. af. When you see those two words together, that's anger. 
Vayichar just means he was very upset, disturbed. Vayichar, over there it's Shema, that means anger. Vayichar without the word af just means he was very disturbed. David was very disturbed. He says, I was bringing it up to Yerushalayim, to me. I can't have Yerushalayim. That's what happens when a guy tries to stop it from falling. What am I going to do with it? He diverts it to Gorna Atad. He diverts it to a threshing floor of, a, of, a, of one of like a farm. And then he sees that this tremendous beracha that comes to that farm and to the people of that place. David HaMelech realizes that actually Borei Olam, he's not trying to strike people down for mistreating it. It was only specific instances of disrespect that got those punishments. So he brings the Aaron up and you see the effort David puts in in order to show kavod for the Aaron returning to Israel that he's dancing he's dancing up a storm in front of the Aaron like almost making himself less important to the point where his wife who's the daughter of Shaul sees that David's robe is flying up and she can see his legs you know uh, in front. and she shouts out from the window to David you're, you're a commoner you're, you're showing off you know your legs can be seen by all the you know the, 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 gir the girls the women of Israel what kind of thing is this you know, you should have some dignity, the dignity of a king. And David, in the ultimate clapback, says, this is why I'm the king and your father isn't. Because for me, my honor always comes second to the honor of Borei Olam, of God. I don't make choices based on myself. They're only ever based on what God wants. So in this instance, I need to show this kavot to the Aaron. So I did that. Now I want to point something out. We just said, Kuma Amonai, right? When the, by even so Aaron, when the Aaron would travel, Moshe Rabbeinu says, right? Kuma Amonai v'yafuso ivecha. There was never a king that had the experience of v'yafuso oivecha, v'yinasum isanecha v'ipanecha. There was never a king that defeated our enemies better or in a more decisive way than David HaMelech. It is no accident that David HaMelech, who was the vanquisher of the enemies of Am Yisrael, is also the person that dances before the Aaron when the Aaron travels. Dance in front of the Aaron and your enemies disperse. Because that's what happens in front of the Aaron. Now, I want to share with you something very powerful. If you look in the Torah, you'll notice that this Pasuk has in front of it a Nun, and has at the end of it a noon. And the Gemara asks, what are these noons? What's going on over here? It looks literally like the Torah put it in parentheses. It's always nice when something in Hebrew also works in English. Because even if someone doesn't really understand Hebrew or the Hebrew language or letters, they can understand that that looks like, uh, that looks like uh, parentheses. Says Rashi, why do we have these parentheses here? Why, what's the point? To teach you, <coughs> what's the lashon? And perashazu mimukemet mimakom amiti. This parasha is not in the appropriate place. Why is it written here? How can we put it here? Lehafsik ben puranut the puranut. In English, we would say when something doesn't belong somewhere, somewhere. What do we say? So, as an example, let's say I'm talking to you about the Bet Knesset. So I say in the synagogue we have minyan starting. At 7.30. Parenthetically, if you go to the 6.30 minyan, you have to pray again. So if I was going to say that as a joke, parenthetically means 
in parentheses. In other words, it doesn't really belong here, but I'm going to make a joke because I know Sammy will be very happy if I say that the only minyan that counts is the 7.30 minyan. Okay? We love all the minyanim. Minyanim lives matter. Okay? All, all the minyanim are equal in front of Hashem. So parenthetically, why is it parenthetically put here? It doesn't belong here. It wasn't said here. We uprooted it from its correct place, says Rashi, and we put it here. Lehafsik ben puranut le puranut. To divide, to separate between punishment and punishment. There was a punishment that happens before the noon, a punishment that happens after the noon. In order that we shouldn't have a punishment after a punishment, what do we do? We put a space, we inserted something. This idea, by the way, is a very deep idea. Very, very deep idea. Can, can I share with you a Kabbalistic concept for a second? Is that all right? No one's turning into frogs, don't worry. Relax. I don't know that much Kabbalah. Listen to this. What bothered me when I first learned this idea from the Gemara is, yeah, Am Yisrael got punished here, they got punished here. What does the Torah do? Oh, sandwich right in there. We're going to put in this pasuk about the Aron. That's what's going to happen here. What? <laughs> Sorry. This story happened, you know, historically here. Then they got punished again, historically there. What difference does it make that after the fact, you put in something else? That's like saying, you know what? A boxer, you know, when he's preparing, he gets beat up by his partner. He needs a day of rest in between those two days of training. So he doesn't get beat up, right? Because if you're working too hard, he's not going to be in prime, uh, you know, condition to fight the fight. Imagine the guy works two days in a row. He's all beat up. The trainer made a mistake. He thought Wednesday was Tuesday. He thought, the, sorry, Tuesday was Wednesday. He worked the guy out two days in a row. Could you imagine the guy coming to the boxer after he gets beat up? He says, listen, you know, I know we're not really supposed to work you out two days in a row because it's hard to recover from the beatings. He says, so here's a bookmark. You know, here's a bookmark. He, when, we, when we write about what happened, just insert this in between the two pages. The pages only relate what already happened. In what way does it help to put the pasuk in after they were already had Puranut and Puranut? If you want to create space, because Am Yisrael shouldn't get punished day after day, so then in the actual historical unfolding of the events, there should have been a break. Our rabbis tell us something unbelievable. When Yaakov faced off against Esav, so, what we learn over there is, the Gemara says, Ma'ase avot, siman lebanim. What happens to the fathers, siman is a sign, lebanim to the children. What's going to happen to the kids? It's almost as if the actions that our forefathers took, the history that happened to them, was creating a template for the Jewish people that it would happen again and again and again. So it's true that inserting the pasuk doesn't help that time, but it helps all future times. Because what is written in the Torah is a template and a blueprint for what's going to happen for all time. So when Yaakov comes to Esav and Esav has him by the neck and Yaakov needs to make concessions, what does he do? He sends him camels and after the camels he puts a break. Let there be a space. And then he sends them donkeys. And then a break. Then sheep. And then a break. Literally, you know, uh, in the simple, in the pshat level, 
the reason why he did it, he spaced it out, was like what we all did in school. You know? Yeah, you need to make, you need to write a report. You don't want to write so much. You make the font really big, double space. Double space the letters, double space the lines. There's seven words on the whole paper. You give the guy like a bound book. And meanwhile, it's, it's four sentences, right? That's what you did. Simple level, Esav did the, sorry, Yaakov did for Esav the ultimate homework trick, okay? Deeper level, say our Rabbanim, that Yaakov knew that Esav and the enemies of the Jewish people, they'd attack us again and again and again and again and again. Said Borei Olam, he said to Hashem, I need, I need the, the time. Let my kids recover between each, between each blow. Every time they have to give something up. Every time they have to sacrifice something. Borei Olam, please, let it be spaced out. Yaakov understood that his actions would be recorded in the Torah. And once they were recorded in the Torah, the Torah doesn't only act as a historical record, it acts as a future uh, 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 machine. It produces the future stories of Am Yisrael. So much so, the Gemara says, that when Rabbi Yehuda used to go to Rome to plead the case for the Jews, before he would travel to Rome, he would open up Parashat Vayishlach, and he would read the whole story, even though he knew it by heart. Because, Ma'ase Avot, Siman Lebanim. And what happened in that exchange, where Am Yisrael did the diplomacy, he gave the gift, he prepared with the prayers, and then he, if necessary, went to, he was ready for war. But in the end, Yaakov emerges, Shalem, he emerges whole from that story. Rabbi Yehuda would read the story in the Torah so that that would become part of his reality. It's why on the day of Rosh Hashanah, we read the story of the Akedah before the prayers begin, so to speak, to recreate that story in our day. It's a very, very deep idea. And the great tzaddikim, they would find the portions in the Torah that were relevant to what they were going through, and they would study that portion before they went to the doctor, before they went to war, before they went to business. Because what was in the Torah is Torah Chaim. It's fascinating. That Torah comes alive and the study of Torah can change the way of the world. Now you understand a very deep Kabbalistic understanding of what we mean when we say in the, Torah, in the, uh, in the end of the Tefillah, right? What does that mean? That means that the reading of the Pasuk in another way creates a reality. What? Fascinating. But it says Banaich. What do you want for my life? No, but read it Bonaich. And then something else will emerge. But look at the other Pasuk now, now that we have this idea in our heads. Halichot Olam Lo. What do we learn out from Halichot Olam Lo? That kol ashunei halichot b'chol yom uftach lo shuven olam haba. Why? Halichot olam lo. The ways of the world lo atehim. Al tikre halichot ela halachot. Read it halachot. Halachot olam lo. Someone has, they read halachot, olam lo. He gets a world. But rabbis, our rabbis tell us that that is one of the understandings here. That the halachot, the person who studies halachot, olam lo, he merits a portion of olam haba. There's an alternate understanding over here. Halachot, someone studies halacha, they study Torah, 
olam lo, the world exists for him. Never mind the next world. This world, this world, olam lo, it's for him, which creates an unbelievable mechanism called sadiq gozer, a sadiq decrees, v'akadosh baruch hu mekayem, and God fulfills his decree. You know what Hashem says? The Sadiq says you should have a son. You should have a baby boy. You should have a refuah shalema. The Gemara says a person's not well. Of course they should pray, but they should go to a Sadiq and he should give him a beracha. Sadiq gozer, kadosh baruch You know what Hashem does? The Sadiq said the guy's going to be okay. Sadiq said the son's going to get a refuah shalema. Hashem says, check the books. In Shamayim, they open the books. They see, okay, what is this Sadiq doing? He's studying Torah every day. Uh, he doesn't say Lashon Ara. Every word that comes out of his mouth, he keeps, right? He keeps every word that he comes out of his mouth is true. If every word that comes out of his mouth is true in business, how could I, says God, turn him into a liar? He said you're going to have a Rifuah Shalimah. You're going to have a Rifuah Shalimah. Halachot Olam Lo. When a person studies the Torah, the world becomes his or hers to shape Fascinating. That's why the insertion of this pasuk into the middle of Puranut, if it creates a space, then when we study the Torah, it doesn't create a situation of Puranut followed by Puranut followed by Puranut, but rather it creates a space between them. Rabotai, I want to add one magnificent concept. These two nuns, it's very nice that it makes parentheses. And that works for us in the English language where we use those parentheses to indicate separation. separation. But why didn't God, instead of putting in a nun, why didn't he put in a vav? A break. Why didn't he put in a sof pasuk? Also creates a break. Atnach creates a break. Why did he put in the nuns? So I saw something magnificent. Sorry? Yeah, but that's not enough for breakfast. Breakfast is 126. <laughs> it does equal 100, but what's 100? Now, I read something unbelievable. The Gemara says, in Masechet Berachot, Amar Bi Yochanan, lo nun If you look in Ashrei, you see every letter. I remember saying once this Gemara in a class, and a guy comes over to me. The guy was so old. Oh, Yishema Yisrael. Yishema Yisrael. He was so old. Like, like, he was maybe 95, but he looked like 175. You know those guys? You know, I wanted to ask him uh, what the flood was like. One of those guys. <laughs> so what was it like for you when there was a flood? <laughs> he was so old. Yishtabach. when you look at the guy and you say, this is a person. You know, the Gemara says when, you, when someone's old, they used to ask them, Ba'mehe Yamim. You know, with what did you uh, have, you know, such long life? Some people, you know, you look at the guy, the guy's old. Some people you think, how is this guy alive? What kind of zechut do you have? You look at the guy, he's like, you know who was like that, by the way, that gave you that impression? Uh, the queen's husband in, 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 uh, in England just died, right? Prince Philip. You look at Prince Philip. The guy looks like he passed away a hundred years ago, and they just forgot to tell him. Right? He was like a walking skeleton, but with like skin on his face. So there's people that are the same age, but they just don't have that look that they're weathered by life's experiences, that they had a rough life, 
How is it that, you know, a person suffers like that, their body's been ravaged like that. You want to know, how did you survive? You have another guy, all he does every day is go to the gym and the spa. He's moisturizing his face. Had that looks younger than me, okay? That guy, I don't ask him, I know how you are, you sat in the spa every day. You know, you didn't teach classes every night till 11 o'clock p.m. You know, you, uh, what's it called? You, uh, you had the, everyone was preparing you your meals. You inherited all your money. I understand exactly how you lived a long life, okay? So this guy comes up to me at the end of the class. I quoted this Gemara. You look at the, what is it? Chanun is again the fact that there's noon in the whole thing, but it, there's no begin that one that begins with noon. So I said, Anyway, this guy raises his hand. He goes, he goes, Rabbi, what do you mean? Has all the Aleph bit. I said, No, look. What goes next? He goes, And his eyes went wide. Yeah, and he sensed the flood. He didn't realize this. <laughs> Okay, unbelievable. He's like, I can't believe it, Rabbi. You told me something. You told me something. You, but he knew the Pesukim. Sometimes people just don't notice. What happened? Printing mistake? Right? You imagine David Amelech. He had a line for everything. He's like, oh, the noon. Meanwhile, the printer calls me. He goes, a deadline for Ashrez today. <laughs> He's like, no, no, hold off. Don't print it. I'm still missing for the noon. The guy says, if you get it to me by 12, okay. Otherwise, we're going to print. Right? They went to print without the noon? Answers the Gemara. Berachot Dalit Amud Bet. Because the word noon has within it the concepts that describe falling. Nofel. Right? Something that which a person falls. David Amelech, who'd suffered so many setbacks in his life, couldn't bear to put the, the word, the letter noon in there. Because Nun begins the word Nofel, which means to fall. This in and of itself is a shocking, what does that even mean? There's 74 trillion other words that Nun starts. Why is Nun the one, like as an example, if we took any letter in the, what's it called? In the, uh, you know, Mem is in there. You know what else starts with Mem? Mavet. <laughs> right, Chet is in there. Choli. There's a million words in there. One death, sickness. Why do you choose with the letter Nun to identify the letter Nun with Nefilah? So that's a deeper question. But for whatever reason, the letter Nun itself is associated with the concept of falling. Dichtiv says the Gemara, Nafela lo tosifkum betulat Yisrael. That the, 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 the maiden of Israel fell in a way which it seemed like she would never manage to get up again. Says the Gemara, Amar of Nachman ben Yitzchak, Rav Nachman ben Yitzchak says, Afilu achi, even though he had to skip the noon, Chazar David, David returned, Usimachan beruach HaKodesh, and he gave it, he bolstered it, he supported it, with Ruach HaKodesh in the Amar, Somech Adonai lechol hanofelim. Now you get why David wrote that. So he skipped the noon because it means no fail. What's his next words? Somech Adonai l'chonofim. We supported all those that fell. So that's how Ya'ani, he got the noon in, but at the same time, he, he put in a support in case it would fall. Says uh, Rav Yaron Harbatal, the name of, of Maharsha. Gorgeous. 
he says, since the noon was removed from Ashrei, HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted to give it the opportunity to be in the Torah. So what letter did he use to insert this pasuk of Kuma Adonai v'yafusu oivecha v'yanusu misanecha banecha? Use the letter Nun. Why says the Maharsha? Amazing. So what did David use? Because now you have the Nun in the Torah. It's even worse than it's in Ashrei. Now it creates the reality for the future of the Jewish people in the Torah. There's a nefilah of the Jewish people in the Torah. There's two of them. How did David kosher the Nun, the nefilah? Because he used the next pasuk which said, The letter of that pasuk which koshers the nefilah is the letter Samach, which is made up by two Nuns that are put together. Isn't that magnificent? And that's why one is inverse and the other one. And that exactly because otherwise it doesn't. It's too. They don't. They don't fit. Now, Rabotai, this is magnificent, and I want to share with you why this is so beautiful. Other than just like in you know in Sesame Street, they have the thing. They're like, a home, a home, a home, a home. You ever see that? <laughs> is that what Hashem is doing here? Sesame Street. You know, noon, noon. No, no, no. Samach! Hey! What's happening here? So I want to share something that I think is very, very beautiful. And, and with this we'll end, if that's okay. Vayibin saw Aaron when the, uh, when the, the, uh, when the Aaron would travel and, and Moshe Rabbeinu says, Kuma What Moshe did was, Moshe said, HaKadosh Baruch I have over here a punishment. I have over here a punishment. I want to stick something in the middle. I took both nifilot on either side. I put the noon for the punishment before, for the bad occurrence that happened on this side. I put the noon on that side for the bad occurrence that's happening on that side. But I want to insert something. I want to teach the Jewish people ultimately the way to escape from punishments in the world that are going to come to face them. What do they do? What does a person do if it seems like everything is failing, everything is falling, all the problems of the world don't seem to let him go? What they do is they insert Vayihi bin Soah Aaron. The Aaron, really, where is it supposed to be? The ideal place of the Aaron is where? The Kodesh HaKodashim. The Aaron is not, uh, you know, a travel Aaron. You know, you go to the airport, they have the travel pillow, the travel blanket. Now they have a Jewish one at the bottom, the travel Aaron. Is that what it is? You know, folds up into your pocket, you know, deflates. Is that what the bin so Aaron? The answer is, says Moshe Rabbeinu, a person's supposed to recognize that if the, there's problems out there in, in their relationship, the problems out there in their business, problems out there in their neighborhood, Part of the reason is because the Aaron is stationary. Their Torah, their Ma'asim Tovim, their Luchot, their Sefer Torah, it's put away in the Kodesh HaKodashim, in the Aaron HaKodesh, it's in the Shul, it's in the Beit Midrash, but the Torah is not coming with them to work. Figure out how to take the Aaron Vayi bin Soa Aaron all the problems can be spread away by the halachot olam law. So if you're having trouble at work, figure out how to infuse your office with some kiddushah.
That might mean arranging a shiur in your office. It might mean starting a minyan for mincha. It might mean sending out an email with two halachot every day. For halachot olam lo. But whatever the case is, it's about that. There's a problem in your marriage. Figure out how to insert more kiddushah into the marriage. You're fighting all the time about vacations and about spending money, about ways you're sending the kids. It means that there's a lack of the Aron Berita Monai, the covenant with God in this place. Figure out how to transport the Aron there. So says Moshe Rabbeinu, sometimes a person feels like there's a nun, there's a nefilah here and a nefilah there. What does Moshe do? He chops the samach in half and he tells you, you want God to support you. You want this supporting the somech? Let me show you how this works, how there's a nun on either side. You put something right in the middle and what's in the middle? That's the bensoa ha'aron, the bringing of Torah, of Kiddushah into something. I like to think about it in, my, in a visual way, like a jelly donut. You have the donut over there, there's nothing in the middle. All there is, is all, but then you take that little syringe and you squeeze all the jelly right in the middle and now you have a jelly donut. You have a marriage that has all sorts of issues in it. You take your syringe of Torah or whatever the Kiddushah that you're going to insert is and you insert it into the Kiddushah. You bring beautiful minhagim into the house. You decide that we're going to do have a minhag, that we're going to prepare for Shabbat. The table's going to be ready, set to go on Thursday night. We're going to accept Shabbat in the house two minutes early. We're going to spend a certain amount of time in the house without any phones, sharing something that we learned from that day. Shalom Bayit is a beautiful mitzvah in and of itself. But if a person's thinking that they're using Shalom Bayit as a technique not to fight, then it's not a holy thing. It's a practical thing. If they think that this is the person who they have the biggest responsibility to be kind to in the world, to, to practice chesed with, then they've elevated that action. It is in our hands, Rabbi to turn around the nefilot of our lives. How do we do it? Somech Adonai Ofilim. That is how we do it, by bringing HaKadosh Baruch Hu to that place, by bringing the Kiddushah, by creating a traveling Aron that moves with us, uh, and that ultimately gives us the, uh, the space that we need to uh, turn things around. Baruch Adonai Olam.